This is To Dare is Human with your host, Adam Connor. Hey, I'm back again. Welcome back to the show. I'm Adam Connor, and this is To Dare is Human. Now, if you're new to this show, first of all, make sure you're subscribed, but also check out both our daily episodes, which started this week. Those are just a few minutes each day with an inspirational story showing how the dare is everywhere. And I'll get to what I mean by dare in a minute, as well as our longer interviews, which come out each Wednesday, which is today. If you like this show, first off, go leave a review and rating an Apple podcast. I already told you to subscribe. So now I'm giving you multiple steps. Anyway, they all sort of blend together as one, but also go check out those shorter featurettes as well as the last interview, full interview with entrepreneur Tanner J. Fox. That's episode number 48. If you're looking back in my episode log. If you've only got time for one show, then here's the concept. In this podcast, I dissect what I call the dare, the conscious choice to make a leap of faith and jump into your passion in the face of a more conventional life path. Each week, I, a Harvard grad, nationally recognized public speaker with a passion for presentation, seek to break free, if briefly, from my traditional nine to five life to make that jump myself back into what I love through sharing the stories of those who have made the dare before me. And today, I have the story of the first podcast that I ever listened to. I actually had this particular guest on for a mini-sode Monday Back in season one, OG listeners of the show may remember that I used to do that. And actually, when I started this show, this was one of the first guests I had in mind before I even started Outreach, so I am really excited about this one. Donald C. Kelly is better known in podcasting circles and the business world as the sales evangelist. He has devoted his life to helping new and struggling sellers close more deals. He's used his journey in hustling, dating all the way back to his childhood, peddling mangoes in Jamaica, to build a platform based on a simple premise. Everyone can learn to sell, and as he says towards the end of every episode, do big things. Anyone can take control of their life and create a meaningful lifestyle that they deserve. Today, Donald lives in South Florida, but he travels the country speaking, teaching, and yes, evangelizing about building a better life through sales. His podcast, also called The Sales Evangelist, had about 500 episodes worth of content published by the time I caught up with him in season one. Now, since then, that number is over 700. This guy's putting out ridiculous value on his show, and it continues to be my favorite in this particular space. But hey, enough of me playing the hype man. Time for you to hear it from the man himself. So now without further ado, and I'll be back after the interview, here is that longer feature with the sales evangelist, Donald C. Kelly. Dude, I'm excited to be here, man. Thanks for having me, Adam. I'm stoked to be able to share some thoughts with you. And going back to that mini so that Adam talked about way back, I told one of my buddies about it, how Adam actually literally sent me a audio file um, and to, to first connect with me and reach out. And I was like, dude, this guy's like sick. This is amazing, man. And I love that idea. Always creative. So I always love your, your content, man. Well, I appreciate that. It's all about making that pitch, really. And we'll talk a little bit about that as we go into this feature. But if you haven't listened to that mini-sode yet from season one, go back to it. I don't have an exact episode number in my head, but I will link it in the both podcast show notes and the YouTube description below. But let's jump into uh, your story, Donald. So, of course, this podcast, which is now well over 500 episodes, and I actually believe around the time I made that personalized pitch to you, you were nearing that number. But of course, it didn't start there. The success hasn't come from overnight. And you know, yeah. just reading through your story a little bit, even in your career in sales, it wasn't always directly at the top, Mr. Donald. So 
how did you uh, basically build up these skills? And first of all, going into sales, was that a, a conscious choice of what you wanted to do, to do from the beginning? Or was that something that was more of a getting into outside of your comfort zone sort of thing? It was kind of both. Let me explain. Because when I grew up, everyone did selling. Like from my as a, in Jamaica, I was born in Jamaica. I moved to the U.S. when I was nine. And no matter what you do, when you're running a side business or doing your side hustle in Jamaica, everyone has a business. And I just saw that as as selling. You have a product or a solution. You try to present it to someone and get them to say yes and to give you money for it to convert. So it was always I always saw that. But then when I went into the I was really interested in like the marketing side of the house when I was in college and I did sales in college and I did sales job and I earned pretty good money. But I was thinking, you know, it'd be cool to go like work for like Target and work in a marketing department. It's pretty sick. But then I realized a lot of the marketing was just like research and a lot of the cool stuff was done by an ad agency outside. And I'm like, that's not cool. So I was like, when I was, and then, cause all my friends they're going for like this other things like, you know, finance or logistics or you know, doing all these other things that were like these glamorous, but then when you tell them what you're going to do, it's like sales. And you're like, you know, you just, I, I felt like, oh, like it's just sales and nobody would, you know, see it as something like miraculous or an amazing, um, you know, opportunity. But then I quickly realized that sales was more than just that. And uh, because of my personality, people said I should do sales and I followed that route too. And the next thing you know, I didn't know exactly what to do in a B2B world. In a B2C world, I did door-to-door security stuff. I did well with them, and I made good money. But the challenge, again, was taking that B2C, that business-to-consumer selling uh, strategy, and try to implement that in a longer sales process where I'm not trying to close something within 45 minutes, but maybe 45 days, or even sometimes it was like 18 months. So that type of process and working with CEOs and executives and C-suite folks, I had no clue, Adam, and I was just like, just like bonkers on what to do. And next thing you know, I realized I was borrowing money from my mom to pay rent and it sucked. <laughs> so you go from that though, obviously to this. Now I wanna, let's talk a little bit about that journey because you know, more and more you break out uh, sort of a, of a comfort zone that you're in. Like you said, for yourself, it was a, it was a transition from going door to door to, you know, from your next door neighbor to the CEO behind the big desk. Now, uh, obviously that, that's a journey in and of itself, but uh, let's talk about the mindset that you have to adopt to even get yourself mentally prepared for that. I talk a lot about mental toughness and, and having a plan and being persistent. Obviously with a sales cycle of 12 to 18 months, I, I go through some of the same things. Uh, you have to have those sorts of things and maybe talk about in the beginning, like what it was like actually sitting down and, and having those experiences, even with all of the great success in a B2C world, how that new environment, it was still something that you had to 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 adapt to it was very intimidating i think that's probably because every time you see a ceo in a movie you see somebody like a you know full cut suit um he or she is just like you know they did they, they know what they're doing don't take craps like a new york minute it's just like you know give me now 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 and that intimidation and the fact that i was coming in not knowing my product or solution going up against somebody who was running a company probably for like 10 15 years and they knew their things and they were reading wall street journal and knew all of this stuff knew how to speak the biz, the language of business, financial documents and stuff like that. I felt really just like, here's my document management solution, buy it or buy our IT training program. And I couldn't have those conversations. And it really was just intimidating. I remember the first call, one of the first calls I made into a CEO, I called into a, a large bank here in South Florida and we were selling this, uh, our services to them. And it was just like, it, I felt like I just got beat up. Like I got you know, chewed up and spit out. <laughs> and it was, it really felt like, um, it almost felt like I wasn't worthy enough to enter their presence. I felt like I wasn't capable of hanging out and having those conversations. And I, and then, and it, it, it deflated my, my confidence. 
So now imagine the next call that I went on that it, it that's how people get into these ruts because it just keeps going down and down and down. And I kept following this rut until I realized I couldn't do it without getting some kind of help. And then I formally got sales training and that's what helped me to be able to have that conversation. Cause then I started to realize Adam that it wasn't that guy or that girl who was a CEO or, or you know, the, the fortune 500 company, they put on their pants the same way I do. Um, it's their same human being as I am, but what made the difference was being able to have that meaningful conversation. And that came from being able to not only understanding what I'm giving them, but understanding the challenges they're facing and the business that they have. The more I understood that and the more I had a process in place to follow like sequential steps on what to do, I was able to then come to that table and I was like, man, I'm, I'm a freaking Kelly now, bro. I can chat with you. That's and right. I started talking and having really good conversations and deals started to close. It wasn't like Donald didn't change. I didn't become a different person. You know, I didn't, it wasn't like I, you know, went on, uh, you know, makeover, Hollywood makeover or something like that. All I did was just really understood their business, understood what I had and made a bridge on how I can effectively communicate that. And also strategically how I can pursue them to present value to them grab their attention first off, present value, and then continue that conversation all the way to a conversion for them coming into my business. So that's kind of like a, that a process for me and how that, um, you know, from the intimidation sta the stage and from being insecure, how that all came to a full circle. It's a lot of pieces to put together, certainly having to be passionate about something, planning something out, of course, being positive and persistent through this process and eventually stepping outward and outward and outward from your comfort zone into a brand new territory. And, and as you've mentioned, rightly so, and as it says on your about page on the website, going from that part of the 80% of the business only making 20% of the revenue to one of the top sellers there and sort of mastering your craft and in front of the right audience who's going to get you to that long-term prosperity and success. But let's talk about the moment that you decide that, hey, I've learned all of this, uh, you know, either from my own experiences or from taking in mentors. And now I want to share this outward. I want to become a teacher. I want to, you know, I want to do either consulting. Or I want to do training or I want to spread my message across the podcast because that is not really the B2B world. Even I mean, some of it is when you're like selling your services, but you're getting back into that B2C world and it's somewhere you've been before. But ultimately, you're not putting yourself in front of a CEO who's going to ultimately probably be respectful of your time if they're looking you in the face. But in front of crowds of thousands or potentially more of, of podcast listeners, I'm assuming more than thousands, but, uh, you know, and I say it a lot, people can be relatively crude in public or, you know, an anonymous, you know, you go in a world of YouTube or a world of audio or whatever, and you, you can get people who aren't as nice and you get people who aren't as, as respectful. Now, as sales guys, I'm sure we're more used to that, but... Uh, I want to talk about that jump that you made into into moving outward into that training and speaking. Where did that come from? Oh, so first off, um, I think we all can say forget about those trolls. We all we all know you're going to get those haters and those trolls. <laughs> those trolls, People man. Who are, their job is just to go on the internet and just to just to be stupid. So hi, trolls. <laughs> who cares for them? But you know what we're going to do though? We're going to focus on the people who really want to help and really want to grow. And so this is what I did. I was really. Um, I really just care about people um, when it comes down to it. And it sounds very cliche, but one of the things I've learned that is if you figure something out, your moral obligation is to help people. And that's one of the things that makes a lot of us go into sales. Like we know something that works. It's our moral obligation to tell you whether you choose it or not, that's your business, but we're going to tell you a better way and help educate you on that. 
So with my selling, I, I started seeing success. I started closing deals, and I was just my when the hurricane just happened. My wife and I were driving. Um, we're trying to flee the state of Florida. We live in South Florida, so we're going up to the Panhandle, close to the Georgia. I mean, the Alabama border. And we went through one of the cities, the counties that I first sold, and it was Sumter County Schools in Florida. And it was one of my first deals that I closed, and I was so excited. And all everything I just told you in the previous question all worked with dealing with those administrators and those uh, uh excuse me, those K twelve. Um, executives, so to speak, in that in that uh, school district. So what can and, it, and I remember that deal closing and how it worked. And I was like, you know what? I imagine there are so many other sellers just like me who were going through that phase prior to closing deals, who were just frustrated and who didn't know what to do and was concerned and just worried. So what I decided to do then was to say, what about a podcast? And I was thinking about a podcast called like the Rookie Podcast. Like all these names was uh was what I was you know just going in my head. I finally came up with the sales evangelist, and that's a whole different story all in itself. But I started just sharing my insights, things that I saw that work, challenges that I was facing, and giving, just trying to give ways to help people to get not get in those same ruts that I did. And being a consultant and being a, a trainer and going in and speaking, none of that was really on the radar. All I was doing was just like speaking and just like, you know sharing thoughts and going to work. And I'm like, man, that sucked. I need to talk about that on a podcast. Or, ooh, that worked. Well, let me talk about that. So I started getting these contents and filling up my Evernote and started speaking about these things. And then it was also a little bit selfish because I started interviewing these sales experts. And I'm like, these people can definitely help me as well improve my selling to get even better and better. So sitting down 30 minutes with folks like Jeffrey Gittimer and these uh, uh, sales experts, it was like, dude, this is amazing. So started doing that and the content just started to grow and the community started to grow. And then the community started to pitch stuff to me. They started to say, can you coach me, Donald? And I was like, dude, the only coaching I've ever done was my flag football league or something like that. You know what I mean? That's my <laughs> yeah, soccer right. team in college, right? right? Intramural right. soccer. But then the coaching became an opportunity for me to share and help others. And then that grew. And then from the coaching, then people started to say, well, can you come and train my team or can you come and speak an event? And things started happening from there. So it was a natural byproduct. And this is something that I also share with you too, Adam, and all of you guys who are out there thinking about doing your own gig is that you have to focus on a niche. Even though my niche was new and struggling salespeople, the thing that I saw from that was that people, the sales managers, those executives in the, in the large companies, those ones that I was afraid of were listening to my podcast, not because they needed the help per se. They wanted to get the, you know, like kind of refreshers, but they saw that I could speak to their new and struggling salespeople. And because I could speak to their new and struggling sellers, it led to opportunities for them to hire me to bring me in and to help their sellers. So again, it goes back to full circle, being able to identify problems, speak to those problems for your ideal customer. And then as a natural byproducts, opportunities come where you can lead them to conversion. So, and I'm sure uh, listeners, you, you could take away what Donald is saying here, but whether it was in front of an executive or in front of somebody who's brand new in sales or just in front of some consumer who might become a referral for some uh, self-driven gig, it's all about providing value first. And I mean, if you could put something in front of somebody, and again, in a niche, you have to be targeted, but if you could put something in front of someone at the right time and providing value before ever pitching yourself, uh, that will get you much more success than, than, than any anything else. And I know that there are some fields where, uh, you know, it's, it's harder to do that, especially sort of in artistic worlds, but uh, in a business world, certainly th th this is the way to go. And so I guess as a follow on question, I mean, to what extent is there really a difference between uh, selling on behalf of some product or service that you're uh, working for as an employee and, and selling yourself as the product? I mean, at the end of the day, is there really that big of a difference there or, uh, or not? 
go back to what you're saying. The principle, you know, no matter B2C or whatever you're selling, the principle of selling is still the same, but selling yourself as an individual, it was harder. I'm going to tell you that because as selling a product, I knew the product, I knew the ins and out of that product and I can sell that. But when it came to selling myself, especially not proven at the very beginning, it was definitely, that was another intimidation step to get past because I was like, you know, why would somebody want to hire me? Even though people were paying me, I was still like, well, why would somebody want to hire me to come in and train them or to sit down and, and work with them via you know, a Skype or something like that? Why would they want that? And it was it was more difficult. It was more of like a head trash or some kind of this this bur um, this hurdle that I had to overcome. Not necessarily I was defective or anything like that or the stuff wasn't working. It was just really me grasping around that not selling a product anymore or a software. I'm selling another intangible, selling myself. And that was really hard to overcome. But once the thing that helped the most really was getting those first several clients and they were able to then testify and you know, show me. And I saw some of those testimonials and I saw some of the results they were seeing. And I'm like, of course, well, this works. Donald Kelly can do this. And then Donald Kelly is the product. And when I made that full transition and made that full comprehension up here, then I started to see even more of uh, opportunities for growth. And then I started creating other products that led to not only me selling myself and selling time for dollars, I started selling products, which were able to then increase my income and grow our organization to where now it's a full-time gig. At the end of the day, that's that's really a big goal for a lot of people, be able to drive your own life doing what you want, selling or, or getting behind a product that you have created yourself and being incredibly self-started and self-driven. So talking about all of these things, getting testimonials, getting referrals, boosting referrals, all of this uh, you could find and Donald provides. But before we get to that, because there's a whole lot of stuff I could have him plug, uh, I want to ask uh, another question. I'm going to finish with these two questions, the same two questions I ask everybody who comes onto this show. Now, the first one has to do with advice and the second one with shameless self-plugging, as I've said. But the first, the first is this. You've already given a lot of great advice and a lot of great value in this interview alone, but say that there is somebody who is considering either jumping into a sales role, is about to go into a big meeting, or is going to jump into their own gig, as we would call it on the show, the dare. Jumping into a passion of your own that's going to inevitably require some sort of selling skills or sharing your stories or putting it out in front of an audience. But they're not sure. They're you know Maybe they're wishy-washy. Maybe they're risk-averse. Maybe they don't think that they're prepared enough. Maybe they don't think that uh, they'll succeed immediately, which they probably won't, but you understand what sort of advice would you give to that person? I know it's very broad, but what sort of advice would you give to that person to sort of push them off that cliff as safely as possible? So this ties back to maybe I can do a quick story, like maybe like a Go one minute story. Yeah. So when I was in my full time day job, I was working and working work on this this uh, this this deal. It was like one hundred and fifty thousand dollars, pretty decent sized deal, and we pulled ten percent from our deal. So most of our soft, most people sell softwares, and it's like you know. 10,000, 5,000. So it was a pretty decent sized gig that mm -hmm. I was selling. Um, and then all of a sudden came down to the end of it and my company, the house always wins, I realized that. And the company, they changed the policy. So instead of me getting my full commission, I'd have to wait over three years to get that commission like broken up because they wanted to sell, they wanted to set the company up in a way that it was evaluated different so that they can present it for investors and then right. sell it. So in the long run, the company won and I lost. And it made me realize that if I was going to sit back and wait for somebody to take care of me and give me the food for the rest of my life, I would never eat. So for anyone sitting on the sideline thinking that I'm safe or I'm in a good job or I'm good stability, you're never going to be in control until you're in control. And you can sit there and worry and, and feel that you're perfect in, you know, in your job or whatnot. But if you, if you have an itch, scratch that itch. 
make a good plan and time it out. My wife and I, we sat down, we did a plan. And we had savings and we paid off debt and we made a plan so when I could launch and the opportunities came for me to launch and I jumped and I took that leap and I never looked back because again, a plan was in place and I knew that if I stayed, I would never ever win. The house always wins and I wanted to become the house and I wanted to be able to win. So that's what pushed me to jump out and that's, I hope that can help you to, that you don't lose your commissions, that you can jump out and do your own gig and be brave enough to do it. Well, it's it's a great piece of advice, and I'm I'm I mean, he's, you preached in the choir here, Donald. But uh, you know, for anybody who's thinking about doing that, I mean, this this advice is really some of the best you can get. And if that one minute story wasn't enough for you, you go get hours and hours more via everything that Donald puts out on a regular basis. And here's where I'm going to get to that second question, Donald. If somebody is interested in this, either from a sales perspective or just selling yourself perspective, they want to learn more and they want you to tell them specifically, where can they find you? The best thing they can do, they can go to thesalesevangelist.com slash hustlers. Um, that's a program that we have. It's an online group coaching program. Again, a one-to-many approach. And people can come there if they want to join the program and, and get their uh, sales help imp uh, improvement. And even if you don't want to join the program, you can always join our, get our free content. Just go to thesalesevangelist.com. And based on the criteria, if you're new to sales, if you're a sales leader or experienced seller, you can fill out, uh, follow the process and get podcast episode and content relative to you. So those are the two main places I'll tell you to go to, man. And there you have it right there. Donald T. Kelly, the first podcast I ever listened to. I still listen to his sales advice to this day, and I would highly encourage you to uh, to do the same because it really is helpful. Uh, Donald, thanks so much for coming on this show once again, and it was uh, glad to get a longer story here. And I wish you all the best uh, going forward, and I'll continue to listen. It was an honor. At Donald C. Kelly on Twitter and Instagram, and probably at LinkedIn, and at The Sales Evangelist on Facebook. Go check him out, especially if you're involved in sales. Donald is your guy. Like I said, first podcast I ever listened to, and very grateful to have him back on the show for a fuller feature. Donald, thanks so much for coming on the show. To hear more from this program and to keep up to date, head on over to the podcast app. I mentioned this before at the beginning, but wherever you listen, really, subscribe to this show. If you like it, Tell me you love it. Put five stars on that rating. If you don't like it, I don't know, give me three, two, one, whatever you want. And leave a reason. Leave a rating as well as a review. I'd really appreciate that social proof and the feedback. Elsewhere, you can find me on social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all at Human. Hello at Human.com is my email address. You can reach out to me with ideas for new content and general feedback. And of course, the underlying Human.com is the place where I aggregate everything and take more written or voice recorded suggestions for new content. You can actually voice record there. Uh, give me connections to new guests and overall just give me feedback. All right, I'll be back again next week with another great longer feature to be shared, another great dare to be divulged there. And of course, I will be doing these daily episodes just a couple minutes each day, and I'll see you tomorrow with that. So until then, I've been your host, Adam Connor. Thanks so much for listening, and you'll hear from me again tomorrow. Peace out. Like what you hear? Stay up to date with Tadare is Human by subscribing and following across social media. And until next time, keep daring.